Welcome to the Undone Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more content and additional information, please visit IamUndone.com where you will find our online store, regular blog updates, and how to become a partner of the podcast. Now let's jump right into today's episode. Well, welcome back into the podcast. This is episode number 11, and I'm so glad to have you with me today. I'm excited. It's a Monday when I'm recording this. It's a beautiful day outside. We had an amazing weekend at Harvest Time Church in Abbeville with Grace Conference, and uh, Brother Joel Stockstill was with us and just brought some amazing words. We spent some extended times in worship and in the presence of God, and it's always just so refreshing to uh, be with church family and to just take time to seek the Lord and see what He would say, see what He would do. And we just learned uh, a lot over the weekend. And as we continued to surrender to Him, we felt His presence uh, very strong in our services. And it's just always exciting, man. It always kind of rejuvenates your, your personal devotion life and just fuels a lot of what God is already doing in your life and continues to just push you to keep going deeper and further. And so uh, if you didn't make it out, you know, um, obviously God is available. His presence is available. You don't have to rely on a conference. You don't have to rely on a church service. But I do encourage you to find those times to gather with other believers and um, just experience the presence of God in a corporate setting because it's always encouraging and it's always uplifting and it just continues to add fuel to your devotional life and fuel to uh, just your pursuit of God in everything that you do. And so I want to jump right into what I'm talking about today. I want to get into Luke chapter 19, um, the story that most of us would know as uh, Zacchaeus and the tree and all that good stuff. So I just want to read the passage to you, and I want to break down a few things that I think the Lord was pointing out to me today. It says, In the city of Jericho there lived a very wealthy man named Zacchaeus who was supervisor over all the tax collectors. As Jesus made his way through the city, Zacchaeus was eager to see Jesus. He kept trying to get a look at him, but the crowd around Jesus was massive. Zacchaeus was a very short man and couldn't see over the heads of the people. So he ran on ahead of everyone and climbed up the blossoming fig tree so he could get a glimpse of Jesus as he passed by. When Jesus got to that place, he looked up into the tree and said, Zacchaeus, hurry on down, for I am appointed to stay at your house today. So he scurried down the tree and came face to face with Jesus. As Jesus left to go with Zacchaeus, many in the crowd complained, Look at this! Of all the people to have dinner with, he's going to eat in the house of a crook. Zacchaeus joyously welcomed Jesus and was amazed over his gracious visit to his home. Zacchaeus stood in front of the Lord and said, Half of all that I own I will give to the poor. And Lord, if I have cheated anyone, I promise to pay back four times as much as I stole. Jesus said to him, This shows that life, that today life has come to you and your household. For you are a true son of Abraham. The Son of Man has come to seek out and to give life to those who are lost. I think it's an amazing passage of Scripture here for, for a few reasons. And I just want to highlight a few of the Scriptures and just talk about what I feel like the Lord was showing me uh, this morning as I was reading this. And it says, the first thing I see is that Zacchaeus was eager to see Jesus. You know, it, it, it takes a, a eagerness, it takes a passion and a desire to see Jesus. Um, no one casually stumbles upon uh, an encounter with the Lord. No one casually stumbles upon uh, 
you know, a face-to-face encounter. No one casually stumbles upon a strong relationship with God. It's all done through intentionality. And intentionality is going to come when you have an eagerness or a hunger. Um, I, I heard something recently that was speaking on hunger. And it says hunger, you know, is not something accidental. Hunger is a gift that comes from God, but it's only a gift that you get because you pursued it and you and you made your way towards it. And God gives us hunger so that it can continue to fuel us to seek out Him, to look for Him. And it says that Zacchaeus was eager to see Jesus and he kept trying to get a look at Him, but the crowd around Jesus was massive. And you know, People who aren't eager, people who aren't hungry will come up to these challenges, these places where, you know, the crowd is all around Jesus and they can't get a glimpse. And if they're not hungry, if they're not eager, they're going home. They're going away. You know, they've been spending a week or two in their Bible and it's just not happening for them. Or they, they've been praying for a little while and it's not happening. Or they've been going to church. They've been, uh, you know, worshiping, doing all these things and it's not happening because of uh, stumbling blocks in their life or or whatever, and and if they're not hungry and they're not eager, they're going home. They're not continuing to pursue Jesus. They're not continuing to press in and 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 push towards an encounter and push towards uh, you know a stronger relationship with Him. But when there's eagerness and there's hunger, when you come up against challenges, you just see it as an opportunity to push through. And and no matter what comes against you, you're going to push yourself until you get to the place to where you can encounter Jesus. And he was up against this massive crowd, but he had this eagerness and this hunger. So he continued to try. He kept trying to get a look, it says. And I want to encourage you that if you've been reading your Bible, listening to podcasts, worshiping, taking time, quiet, uh, moments for the Lord to speak to you, and you feel like nothing is happening yet. I, I want you to know that you need to keep pushing. You need, and it's not in effort. It's not that your effort is going to get it, but there's some times where. The Lord is going to test our endurance because He's not just going to hand out the full measure of His glory and His splendor to people who just casually approach Him because the measure of glory that He's wanting to pour out on us would crush someone who is only casually seeking Him. And it's going to take people who are hungry, who have laid aside some things of this world, who have allowed the Word to cut at them and get rid of some of these earthly things that we've stored up in our flesh and in our mind and in our soul. And as those things are removed, he's going to then, as we continue to pursue him, begin to pour out. And so Zacchaeus kept trying to get a look, but the the crowd around Jesus was massive. And then it makes mention that Zacchaeus was a very short man and couldn't see over the heads of people. So he did something here. He ran on ahead of everyone. So he pushed past the crowd, first thing, and he climbed up a blossoming fig tree. A blossoming fig tree. What does that mean? All throughout the Bible, we see figs, we see fig trees, um, but but the symbolism of a fig and a fig tree is our devotion to Jesus. You know, Jesus cursed the fig tree because there was no fruit on it, but there was leaves. You see, the fig tree had the look of a fruitful tree. It knew it knew how to look good in front of people. It knew how to pray in front of people. It knew how to worship in front of people. It probably lifted its hands in church. It it sang at the right times. It clapped at the right times. It said amen at the right times. But there was no fruit because the true devotional life wasn't there. It only had the look of a devotional life. And here's what I want you to know that God isn't just wanting uh 
our trees to be full of leaves. He wants our trees to be full of fruits. And it says that he climbed up a blossoming fig tree. That means Zacchaeus had been seeking in his heart for some time. Although there was a reason he wanted to meet Jesus this day. And I believe it's because he started feeling the conviction in his heart, knowing that he was doing things wrong and knew that there was something better, that there was something more for him. And I believe he began to stir in his heart. He began to to possibly pray and look into the book of the law that they had in that day and continue to devote himself to the things of God so much that he got a hunger that said, I am going to encounter Jesus today. And let me tell you something, friends. When we approach our lives and our devotional lives, it is not to earn anything, but it is because we have gained a hunger to encounter God. And let me let me say something here, that God sees you in your devotional time, and He, he knows that your pursuit of Him is, is worthy of Him pouring out His glory and measure of glory upon you. He climbed a blossoming fig tree. He pushed past the crowd to climb up a blossoming fig tree. And can I tell you that the bulk of the crowd is not blossoming in devotion. The the bulk of the, and I'm not even talking about the world, I'm talking about in the Christian church, and this is not a condemning message. This is to light a fire under us, to go to the place of devotion, to go to the fig tree every day, and God will begin to produce fruit in our fig trees of devotion. God will begin to produce fruit. What is fruit? Fruit is peace and joy and love, kindness and gentleness and self-control. Fruit is healings in our bodies. Fruit is a change in our thinking. Fruit is is His blessings upon our finances. Fruit is our children worshiping God and living their lives for God. Fruit is a a better marriage. Fruit is God's hand on our lives, but it's only going to come by way of the devotional life. And the devotional life, the consistent devotional life, I'm telling you, is pushed way past the crowd of today's society, and especially, or, or should I say, even the society or the culture of today's church world. There's a reason people are flocking to churches where they can get in and get out quickly because they just want to get their weekly fix of what God is saying and then get out. And and it it shows because there's no ability to linger in worship. There's no ability. They're not showing up to prayer services. They're only going to show up where they can get a little word to make them feel better, grow a few leaves on their tree, and go on with their life. I know that sounds like a harsh word, but we've got to wake up to the reality that this life will not be fruitful without time spent with the Lord. I'm telling you, this life will not produce fruit. Your spiritual walk with God, which carries on into the natural, will not be fruitful unless we spend time with the Lord. And so Zacchaeus pushed past the crowd. He, he pushed past everyone. Why? To go into devotion. And that, my friends, led to the next thing that says he scurried down the tree and came face to face with Jesus. The, the verse before this is when Jesus spoke to him and said, Come, hurry on down. I'm appointed to stay at your house today. And can I tell you that Jesus has an invitation to those who have been seeking him. And it is this. He says, I want to come meet you. He didn't say, come meet me at the temple. He didn't say, come meet me you know, where the crowds are gathering for my teaching. He said, I want to come meet you at your house today. And Zacchaeus came and met face to face with Jesus. I want to tell you that the highest level of communion that we can have with God is face 
to face. I know this sounds so foreign to so many of us, and I'm just getting into this frame of thinking. I'm just entering into this. So I'm not coming from years and years of experience, but I'm telling you there's a level that God is is calling us into, and I'm not even saying it's new. I'm saying many of us are waking up and awakening to this level of communion with Him that is more than just reading the Bible. It is more than just speaking to Him. And it is more than even just hearing a word from Him. But it is this face-to-face communion that He's calling us to that we literally just feel His presence all around us. We literally feel Him in the room. We feel His His face shining upon us. And, And so Zacchaeus, you know, He was eager to see Jesus. He climbed the fig tree of devotion. And now he finds himself with an invitation that says, Zacchaeus, I want to come to your house. And I want to tell you, friends, that yes, God wants to meet us at church. church. Yes, God wants to meet us at at connect groups or small groups or whatever you do in in your uh, church or wherever you attend. But ultimately and most importantly, God wants to meet us at our house. God wants to meet us in our personal lives. And the way He wants to meet us is face to face. He wants to have communion with us. And I'm not talking about bread and juice. I'm talking about fellowship. I'm talking about uh, uh, just conversation, you know, togetherness, being together. He wants to have this with us. The Bible says that Moses spoke to God face-to-face as a man speaks to his friend. Listen to me. One of the most important things about Zacchaeus' mindset is he didn't see Jesus as one who was coming to judge him. He was coming, he saw Jesus as one who he could speak to as friend to friend. I believe he'd been watching Jesus up to this point. He had been seeing Jesus deal with the religious harshly. And so, yes, there is that side of him. I'm not here at all to say that Jesus does not deal with sin, does not deal with issues. But I believe Zacchaeus also saw a man in Jesus that looked upon the hurting, the broken, and listen to me, the honest ones and the vulnerable ones that Jesus dealt with them as a friend would deal with a friend. And he set them free from their condition. And I believe in that place of devotion that, that his, his life began to produce fruit. And the fruit was this, that he began to become honest about his condition and knew that he had issues of greed. He had issues of dishonesty. He had issues of buying into the, the system of the day and in, in the finances and cheating. And Zacchaeus came to this place where he said, I know. If I keep on this mask, if I keep on this pretending, and I come to Jesus acting like everything is okay, I cannot speak to Him as a friend speaks to a friend. And listen to me today, I want to tell you that if we continue to wear the mask, that everything is okay, that we've got it all buttoned up and polished up, and my God, I've been spending time with God, look at me shine. But if we would become honest remove the mask and come to Him, we can have a face-to-face encounter with God. I believe it wholeheartedly. I believe it fully. 
And I'm beginning to experience this level of connection with God that I am losing my appetite for the things of this world because I am encountering more and more of the presence of God. Why am I telling you that? Because it's a, if it's available for me, friends, it's available for you. And I only knew it was available for me because I saw other people coming into it. Now, when we see God doing things in people's lives, it shouldn't provoke jealousy. It shouldn't provoke feelings of envy or, or, or discouragement or doubt. It, what it should provoke inside of us is, is a hunger because if it's available for them, it's available for us. For God is not a respecter of persons. That means He doesn't look upon the status of a person. What He looks upon is looking for someone to be honest and vulnerable with Him. That's why people can experience life change in a moment because they've been open and honest and vulnerable. And, and Zacchaeus didn't come to Jesus for, for Jesus to just excuse him of his condition. Zacchaeus came to Jesus in all honesty and sincerity and said, I've got to encounter this man. I've got to encounter this Savior, this Messiah. I don't just see him as a teacher. I don't just see him as a rabbi. I don't just see him as a prophet. I see him as the one who can change me from the inside out. And so... He had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus. And here's, here's the thing, that when we get this encounter with God, when we get this face-to-face, the religious are going to start to complain. In verses 7, it says that all these, these crowd, these religious people, these people who bought into the system of, of religion and checking off boxes to earn favor with God and checking off boxes to climb the ladder, so to speak, of, of the religious system of that day, begin to get angry and said, look at this. Of all the people, he's going to go dine with a crook. And people are going to begin to question the fruit of your life because they know your past. But let me tell you something. The joy that we find is that Jesus has invited us. The joy that we find is not in people's opinions of what God is doing in our lives, but the joy that we find is in the fact that Jesus has invited us and we're encountering Him face to face. Because in the next verse it says, Zacchaeus joyously welcomed Jesus and was amazed over His gracious visit to His home. He didn't care what all these people called Him, that they called Him a crook and that you know Jesus was scandalous for going to His house. He did not care. He, could, he couldn't care less that people were looking at him and judging him. He was just so overwhelmed by the fact that Jesus graciously visited him. And friends, can I tell you that our joy is not found in people's opinions. Our joy is not found in them approving of what God is doing in our lives. Our joy is found in the fact that Jesus has graciously invited us to visit with Him in our homes. And I don't just mean our literal homes. I mean in the deepest place of who we are, in the deepest corners of our hearts, in the places where we don't allow people Listen, I don't know of hardly anyone that comes in my bedroom. Why? Because it is my place, the deepest place of my home. It is my secret place of, of, of where I rest and where I do life. And, and, and so there's those same places, just like that is a place in my home. There's those places in our lives that people don't come. And Jesus has invited Zacchaeus to go into the deepest places of Zacchaeus's life and say let me peer into you. And, and Zacchaeus didn't see it as an as a impending judgment. He saw it as an opportunity for Jesus to come in and graciously sweep out the corners and bring him into a more, uh, like, uh, into more likeness of Jesus' character. And so when, when 
Zacchaeus was overjoyed and graciously welcomed Jesus into his home. We don't have a single account of what Jesus told him. And here's what Zacchaeus says. He says, half of all that I own, I will give to the poor. And Lord, if I have cheated anyone, I promise to pay back four times as much as I stole. Listen, I've heard endless sermons in my life that have tried to provoke life change. Many of them pointed out the, the ferocity of hell how hot hell's going to be, how miserable hell's going to be, how, how the smell is going to be, the sounds. They try to give us a visualization of how bad hell is. I, I've heard uh, messages preached on how we should so despise sin and the anger we should have towards sin. And though all those things are true, how we should hate the flesh, how we should put it to death, and, and all the, listen to me, I'm not denying those things. All those things are true. But what I get from this story right here is that the thing that will bring life changed most effectively and for most longevity, because what we are looking for is not a short-term solution. We are looking for an entire life change that will last generations. The thing that will do that most effectively is a face-to-face encounter with Jesus where we allow Him to come into the deepest places of who we are. Jesus did not speak of the reality of hell. Jesus did not speak of the depravity of man and sin. But I believe just the encounter with Him brought about the most real life change that we could see in the fact that Zacchaeus immediately knew that he needed to change some things. He needed to get rid of his greed. He began to give away to the poor. He needed to correct his dishonesty. He said, I will repay who I've cheated. Friends, we don't hardly see that from people who are just scared of hell. We don't hardly see that, or we may see it temporarily, but what will sustain that is continuing to look into the eyes of Jesus because He is everything we need. He is the fulfillment that our soul longs for. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. See, the reason you will not want is because not because you've convinced yourself that wanting is bad. The reason that you will no longer want is because your soul has been satisfied by one who is greater than anything you've ever wanted before. Your soul has been satisfied by looking into the eyes of the Good Shepherd. And that day, Zacchaeus changed, not because he was afraid of hell, and not because he was so disgusted with who he's been, but he was so enamored by the eyes he looked into that he says, I'm going to change everything about my life because I don't want anything hindering me from looking into these eyes again. I don't want anything hindering me from having this degree of connection. Listen to me. The things that we need to eliminate from our lives are not even necessarily the things that we need to eliminate to change our eternal destination, whether choosing heaven or hell. The things that we need to eliminate from our lives if we've been saved and chosen Jesus, the things we need to eliminate from our lives are the things that are costing us a degree of connection to Him. They're affecting our devotional life. They're affecting the way we parent because they're keeping us from encountering Jesus, whether it's our time, whether it's what we're choosing to allow into our minds, whether it's what we're watching on TV, the music. There's things that may not be affecting our eternal uh, place of residence, heaven or hell, but they very well may be costing us degrees of connection with Him because I'm telling you, the closer we draw to Him, the more and more we will let go of the things of this 
this world. But we must first let go of some things of this world to continue to increase in degree of connection to Him. My friends, we've got to let go. There are, the Bible says the sin that so easily entangles us and weighs us down. It talks about all the cares of the world, the worries of the world. These are all things that are costing us degrees of connection to Him. Will sin get you to hell? Absolutely. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm talking about is that if we're living for God, but we are lacking connection, there are things that we have got to let go of that are costing us degrees of connection. Because it is connection with Jesus that brings about real life change, as we see right here in this account of Zacchaeus. When he saw Jesus face to face, it says that he was overjoyed and amazed at this gracious visit and this gracious invitation. And immediately he says, I'm changing the way that I've structured my life up to this point. And listen to me. If you need change in your life, what's going to change you the most is not fear of punishment, is not hatred of those things that have been involved in your life up to this point. The thing that will change your life the most is staring into the eyes of the all-loving Savior who gave it all for you. He already paid the price to conquer sin. And the, the way to overcome sin is to allow Him to deal with it by you just looking into His eyes. Mary and Martha took two very different approaches. Martha tried to take things into her own hands and make things happen and stayed busy, busy and tried to conquer uh, all these things in life when Mary just sat at the feet of Jesus. I'm telling you, this is the solution to all of life's problems. Is that if we would sit at the feet of Jesus, look into His eyes, Jesus said that is the good part or the better part and it will not be taken away from her. And I believe He's saying that to you today. Don't choose this this. Uh, option of going try to conquer sin by by uh, establishing all these things uh, regiments or 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 whatever conquer sin by looking in the eyes of Jesus conquer greed and pride and lust and anxiety and doubt and worry and fear conquer those by not throwing things at those throwing time and energy at those and money at those no Throw your eyes on Jesus and He will so conquer your soul and conquer your heart that you'll be so in love with Him that you won't even be tempted by the things you used to be tempted by. I'm telling you, friends, I believe in this so strong and we see it right here in Zacchaeus' life. And then Jesus affirms him in this moment. And I believe God wants to give you an affirmation of His love and His life change in you. And He told Zacchaeus, this shows today that life has come to you and your household. Listen to me. There is something that is going to happen in your life that is going to be the proof. Basically what Jesus is saying is this proves that life has come to you and your household. Listen, when life comes to you, when His resurrection life enters your life, enters your body, your spirit, when it comes to you, there's going to be some proof. There's going to be some evidence of a life change because you're not going to think the way you used to think. So you're not going to speak the way you used to speak. You're not going to treat people the way you used to treat people. You're not going to go to the places you used to go to. And, and you're probably not going to hang out with the people you used to hang out with. Why? Because life has come to you today. Friends, I want to tell you 
that there's an invitation by God to you. It says that He stands at the doors and of our heart and knocks. He is, he is wanting to come, but first it's going to take these things. Let's remember what Zacchaeus did. He had an eagerness. He had a hunger. He had the fig tree of devotion. He had been uh, giving his life over to the things of God. He had been praying. He had been looking into what they had as the book of the law. Today we have the entire book of the Bible. And then he pressed beyond the crowd. He, he went further than they were willing to go. Maybe he was fasting and praying and all these things. And then when the invitation came to where he could hear Jesus' voice, he came down and went face to face. He accepted him into his home and he, he encountered true life change because he encountered Jesus. And I want to tell you, that is the pathway to life change for me and for you today. That we would have a hunger that would push us past the crowd, that we would engage in devotion, and that we would accept His invitation. We would go face to face with Him, and we would allow Him to provoke life change in us. Friends, I encourage you, continue to press into God, not in the arm of the flesh, not in the arm of trying to earn anything, but in the sense of continuing to come to the place where you could peer into His eyes and hear His heart over you. And it will birth such a desire in you to serve Him that you won't want to fulfill those things of the flesh that you used to. I declare over you today that there's life that is coming to you today. There's a change that is coming to your life. There's an increase in the degree and dimensions of glory and presence that you're encountering. And it, it will continue as you continue to hunger and hunger and hunger for more of Him. I bless you with that. I believe it for you. I wouldn't do this podcast if I didn't believe it for you. And I believe real life change is coming to you, your family, and your household today. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Hope to be back with you in about another week as we continue to record this. Hey, go for Jesus in all that you do. God bless you. We'll see you on the next episode.